Truck drivers come from all walks of life, with lived experience as varied as the trucks they drive. No two, even team drivers sharing the same cab, have traveled exactly the same road to get where they are today. But the story of trucker-songwriter Paul Mahoffer is epic, even by trucking standards. I'm Brad Kuhn, and in this episode of the BossCast, we log a few miles with Marhofer, better known as Long Haul Paul, as we continue our exploration of trucker music in a series we call White Line Fever. So grab that knob and twist it left, turn it up, and sing along to the songs of our people. You're listening to BossCast, an Opportunity Media Group production that raises awareness for our nation's professional drivers with news, information, and entertainment that cover all things trucking and the topics that affect you most. BossCast keeps you informed with the stories and the people and businesses behind the stories that move our economy. Enjoy the show. A good hand. The son of a wealthy Midwest meatpacking magnet, Marhofer grew up in a world of culture and refinement. His mother was raised amid the glitz and glamour of the California film industry, and he and his siblings had every advantage. His circumstances took a sudden turn for the worst, however, when he dropped out of Ball State University just short of completing his English degree. By his own admission, academic apathy wasn't the only factor, but Failure to launch was not an option. His father kicked him out of the house immediately. Now your darkest days draw hard upon you. Marhofer moved in with a friend and quickly discovered he had more in common with his friend's sister, a poet named Denise, with a shared passion for Jackson Brown, who inspired him to start writing songs. Forced to fend for himself, Marhofer set out in search of a nine-to-five job. He learned to tie a necktie and spent a year trying to convince himself that he actually liked being a stockbroker. What he really liked, besides Denise, was driving a truck and working on truck engines. Both of my parents were college educated. All my siblings uh, who are able-bodied are college educated. And I was like, I was like the trucker guy. This has been my problem all my life. I was always good at words but I don't function well at an administrative level. And I've always been drawn to just mindless manual labor, but I can write well. Like the thing I miss most in the world right now is lumping freight. Like I, I'm, I'm actually thinking about uh, retiring from OTR and going to a job with a company that offers four on, four off, and all you have to do is lump that freight. Because there's something about just the mind numbing, repetitive, physical labor that just quiets a mind down you know it's just like that something about physical labor is um i i don't know it's there's something about the tribalism of being a working person and the connection to other working people that i still love Nineteen eighty nine. 
Broadcaster Garrison Keeler once suggested that every bad thing that happens to an English major becomes fodder for them to write about. By that measure, Marhofer reckons he's racked up about three million miles of material. So I think the very first recorded trucking song was about a, a horrible, horrific accident that happened somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains. And it was uh, sang by, you know, balladeers from, from that area. And uh, one of my most popular songs is One Too Many Straight Shots to Miami, which is an autobiographical truck wreck song. Uh, April 9th, 2001, I was uh, involved in a multi-trauma accident, which fractured my neck in three places and uh, left me with seven broken bones. I had to be airlifted uh, to the hospital, then airlifted to Indiana to recuperate. And it changed and shattered my life, but it, it gave me an interesting singing voice. And I, and I don't recommend to your listeners that you bury your big truck on the backside of a 53-foot trailmobile to see if it enhances your country music singing career. I just knew I was going far. Some of the, the, the very best trucking songs, they, they chronicle a tragedy. And I don't know why we are drawn to a tragedy. Maybe it's because, you know, death is the ultimate unifier. But I, I'm Jimmy Martin cut Widowmaker, you know, about... Uh, Willie Mack and his wife Wanda Ann and he kisses her goodbye and he heads for LA and he, he crashes his rig because he wants to avoid running over a carload of children as I recall and at the very end you know he says one life for ten has always been the diesel driver's code that's why Willie flung that widow maker off the road widow maker Marhofer has been writing songs for as long as he has been driving trucks. But his music career really took off in 2015 when he won the Overdrive magazine Trucker Talent Search. It was through that contest that he met journalist musician Todd Dills, an Overdrive senior editor who recognized Marhofer's broader potential. Thus began a friendship and professional collaboration that resulted in Marhofer writing for Overdrive and hosting Over the Road, an award-winning series of interviews with long-haul truckers that would introduce him and his music to more than a million listeners around the globe, thanks to the marketing muscle of public radio powerhouse PRX. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Before the podcast, there was a recording session in Muscle Shoals, Alabama in 2016, financed by Marhofer's daughter, who paid for the trip out of tips she earned waiting tables. It was on that trip that Marhofer caught the ear of Travis Womack, a respected session musician who helped him land a record deal with Laughing Hyena, the truck stop CD label better known for launching the careers of comedians Jeff Foxworthy and Ron White, among others. The album, From Bessemer to Birmingham, was not a big commercial success, but it did help to raise Mahofer's profile, thanks in part to a uniquely trucker brand of publicity. It's a different time. I am friends with Arnie Hoffman, who is the president of uh, Laughing Hyena Records. And uh, Arnie said, well, Paul, what's gonna happen? People are going to hear your music 
and they're going to play it on the CB to the other truckers. And and that's how your music's going to be heard. They're going to talk about it on the CB. And I'm like, Arnie, nobody uses the CB. I mean, that's not, that's like a 70s thing. But two days ago, a friend of mine was going down the road hearing one of my songs on a CB. He recorded it and sent me a message. This is the odious death of the Cracker King coming through this the cb radio so arnie was right the cracker king is long gone never stayed nowhere too long marhoffer returned to indie recording with his next album and has the distinction of producing what may be the only album of trucking music recorded entirely in the cab of a truck the album was appropriately entitled songs from a truck only a few of marhoffer's songs are autobiographical but there's an authenticity to his work that leads others to jump to conclusions. The music has, um, it has opened doors socially for me that, that I can't really control, and I don't try to control. We have a song called You Were a Good Hand, which was about a, a driver who ingested too many illicit substances and died as a result of that. And um, people have played that song at funerals and. And I, I take pains to tell these people uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually the character in that song. I would say 80 to 90% of truckers at one time did whatever it took to make a living. And uh, so I think there's a relatability there to the uh, folks that you've mentioned who saw those songs as their own biographical material. Even Marhofer himself has, at times, had trouble drawing a line between his art and his responsibility for the way people react to it. When you put out a song, you can't control how people receive it, how they react to it. A guy got a hold of me and I was writing about something that's already passed and I had the freedom to write about that when I started working for a company like the company I'm with now that most of their freight was legal. When, you, when you're sort of in a, uh, a different spot, you would look back on what that life was. But, you know, sometimes it bothers me when people send me messages about how they just blew a scale and that my music was blasting in their stereo. And, you know, you, you think, well, am I being a bad influence on these people? He's come to see his music as a lens through which he interprets the world around him. Usually I have to be bothered by something to write a song. I never sit down and try to write a song. I have to be so bothered by something. A, a song is a means of overcoming it. The perfect song for him, he said, is one that tells a story, especially a story that is dark or bittersweet. Lately he's been kicking around the idea of putting out an album of Appalachian murder ballads. The story is about an ex-truck driver being named John James Wall before his friends blackballed him and nicknamed him Pinball. I'm an old there has to be a certain gothic quality in them. Lonnie Irving, he may arguably be the first singing trucker. Look up Lonnie Irving and you can see him in his like paramilitary type uniform and his like police trucker hat. He was a truck driver out of North Carolina and he wrote this song called um, Pinball Machine. I would say it out 
them old pinball machines. Many weeks they have caused me to live on sardines. And I can remember hearing that on AM radio in Chicago on a cold winter's night. It just put a chill down my back. And I've tried to research the song because he, he hits a chord. And he said, it's a song I wrote after talking to an old boy down in Gallipolis, Ohio. And he got the accent. You got the great Southern accent. And uh, by the name of John James Wall. And Wall is a huge name in Gallipolis, Ohio, which suggests this could have really happened. And, and he tells his story. And I'm an old hog hauler. I drive them. I drove them old trucks. So this guy hauled hogs and he got addicted to pinball. And he just stayed gone all the time to support his pinball habit. And his child died and his wife committed suicide while he was gone. I have a friend from Gallup, Ohio, by the name of Wall. And I asked him to see if they could hunt that down to where a guy, John James Wall, really existed and whether he. I, I, that, that song haunts me, haunts me because the parable is, you know, he was blacklisted by his friends. He had committed the, the great sin of failing to provide for his own, you know. So he bought this old man a piece of pie and a cup of coffee. And the old man says something in regret and then he falls over and dies. I, I love that gritty gothic sort of thing. Uh, and I don't know why. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm that depressing of a person to be around. For Marhofer, making music is not about the money. At least not entirely. I'm not looking for the kind of money that's, forget it, I'm not trucking anymore. I don't have some pie in the sky idea about retiring from trucking to go do music but i would like to be like mississippi john hurt when he's too old to farm he went out and played music i i would like to be like that guy he's not even really doing it to be popular although it is through music that most people know him after talking with him for over an hour i came away with the distinct impression that more than anything else beneath the trademark overalls beard and fedora beats the heart of that 19 year old poet writing songs to impress his best friend's sister. Not that he'd ever admit it. If you told him that, he'd probably come back at you with a practice line about being a diesel dilettante. But he contends that there are more English majors driving trucks these days than anyone would guess. He points to The Long Haul, a nonfiction bestseller by Finn Murphy, son of John Cullen Murphy, an illustrator best known for his long-running comic strip Prince Valiant. Murphy, like Marhofer, chose a career as a long-haul trucker, much to his father's dismay. The funny thing is that after spending a lifetime being looked down on by family members for being a trucker, now that Marhofer has built his street cred as a trucking troubadour, it's the academic credentials he keeps on the down low. The thing is, when you're an English major that becomes a trucker, you just don't go around talking about it very much. So he hit up Jimmy Hagel, said I need to see the clock. Ain't nothing in this world that ever really shines Like a red Peterbilt 379 Paul Marhofer, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. Thanks again for having me on the show.
Thank you for listening to episode three of White Line Fever, an exploration of trucking songs and country music. Long Haul Paul has a new album coming out. It's called The Cincinnati Sessions, and it's available for pre-order now. Thank you for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications so you don't miss any of the episodes to come. And of course, if you like the show, leave us a review. Because at the end of the day, we can't do this without your support. For The Boss Cast, I'm Brad Kuhn. And why do we do this? Because you're the boss. Boss.